0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com
1: for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What is up, Mets fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets Up Podcast. Just wrapped up what I feel like is one of the first two-game series of the year outside of the Yankee series against the Washington Nationals. Quick and easy one. Not a whole lot to talk about here. We're going to talk about as much as we can with these games with you guys. As you know, I am also currently ripping a fantasy football draft as we speak. Bad scheduling on my part. Completely forgot that Wednesday night was going to be uh, a late night game for the Mets while we have the recording, but luckily, we've got James here with me as well to help me out, maybe make these last few picks here. Of course, before we do get going into it, guys, make sure you follow us on all our social media, at MetsUp on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're looking for the YouTube video, go to the New York Mets YouTube channel and subscribe over there. And if you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, drop us a rating, drop us a review, download, and subscribe. James, it's the 15th round of my draft. Pick 143. Mm-hmm. Who am I looking for here? Which, which, what kind of player should I be picking here? That'll be the last of the fantasy
2: football talk from us. I mean, here, I mean, it's just, it's such fantasy football week right now. I think we've both had tons of drafts like every single night, but yeah. And I'm, we're pulling all the baseball listeners in with some fantasy football talk early. I mean, you got to shoot for the moon. Take, take a, take a rookie lottery yeah. ticket. It's going to, could do something crazy. Kendra Miller, Marvin Muniz, Ty J Spears. Those are my favorite. Let's go career. Kendra Miller. Yeah. Uh, you know, miller. J. let's go ty J. 21 years old he's like 215 pounds he's a physical specimen he's great college production he
1: could be a monster well i went against your pick i went ty J spears now it's kicker in defense we don't have to hear about that not at all i did, I did
2: the same thing in the draft yesterday i went ty J over kendra miller because i just have kendra miller on so many teams from like some a little, little diversification but weird fun f- strange mets week just two game series in the middle of the week weird weird not having the mets on labor day really didn't like that yes I, so i think this year no. The Mets didn't play on either Memorial Day or Labor Day, if I remember correctly.
1: Which is crazy, too, because I think I've been to a Labor Day game in Washington before. Mets Nationals. I think I went 2019. That was the I think game. They played. Yeah. So, ooh, I wasn't at that one. I was there for the Sunday then. I was there right before yeah. Labor Day. Oh, oh our, that was the game. Oh, God. Monday night, that was the game. Yeah. <sighs> yeah Mets lost the World Series the that night. You're not joking. No. Dude, yeah, that was just the worst loss ever. Okay. No more, no more bad game talk. No more bad game talk. Let's talk about the good one. But yeah, crazy they didn't play on Labor Day. It feels like Labor Day, 4th of July, Memorial Day are all ga- days that every single baseball team should be playing, no matter what.
2: And no Mets and no Yankees on Labor Day. So New York City had no baseball on Labor Day. Weird. So weird. No.
1: Bizarre. But uh, yeah, game one. Game one was good. I mean, the bats came out swinging bats came out hot it was fantastic this is the kind of stuff you expect the Mets to do to the Nationals at the start of the season obviously our records are kind of similar so can't really trash the Nationals too much here but I mean that was what you expected when you thought of these two teams playing this year totally and there was a lot of good
2: feeling going into this game because this was the first time we had all four baby Mets in a lineup together Brett Beatty Francisco Alvarez Ryan Maurizio and Mark Vientos and all of them were part of the offensive just Onslaught that we gave to Patrick Corbin and the Washington Nationals, which was a good feeling. Starlove hot right away. Then when Lindor got on, eventually they came around on a freaking moonshot from Francisco Alvarez that was just hammered 420 feet. He admired it right out to left field. It was just beautiful, I mean, beautiful home run. Twenty second of the year for, his for Alvarez, first home run
1: since August first as well, which he desperately, desperately needed to get one. Yeah, he hadn't hit one since August
2: first, I believe, was the date. I really think there was one in between there. I'm going to double-check you right now. as I Double-check it. They said it, yeah, yeah, the yeah. it on the
1: broadcast. Oh, they said so it on the broadcast. They said it on the broadcast. I
2: believe in them. Yeah, it was a radio game for me, but let's see. Uh Yeah, but, but I mean, Alvarez all day.
1: definitely needed that one. Definitely just, he's been a little bit of a funk. I think we know that, but to see him swing the bat well, he's been hitting the ball harder recently, a little more consistently. Good to get the the camel off his back there a little bit and start start playing a little bit better at the plate.
2: Yeah, Alvarez also, and this happens to, I think, to a lot of young players and get the first run of the major leagues. Cause, like, I'm never going to say that any level of baseball for any player is easy, but I definitely think there was a point in time where Francisco Alvarez was just, you know, having his fun with the minor leagues. Like, he never, at any level of minor leagues, his lowest WRC plus was 121. And that was just a 20 game sample to end. Uh, 2022 in AAA but last year he only he played 100 and I'm doing this mental math right now great podcasting 112 games (laughs) and he is at 100 110 now for this season so it's you kind of hit a wall like that when you've catch every single day you're you're getting inundated day with information as you are with a catcher like Alvarez you're learning so many new things also another tidbit we got from the game on Tuesday learning English on the side like really making great strides there cool soundbite from. Gelbs that he was telling him like, Hey, I want to do a practice interview in English. And I want to do one for real. And he did one for real after the game on Tuesday. Then him and Alan dapped up a little bit. He gave that like wonderful Francisco Alvarez grin. It was a cool moment, but you're just, I mean, young player, you're going to hit a wall when you've played more, more competitive baseball in a row and you've ever played in your entire life. And I think that's fine. Like, I don't think I'm happy that as Mets fans, and even just as us in the show, like Francisco Alvarez has been so good this year that he's earned so much goodwill that like no one's really going to be like, oh my God, his stats are falling apart. No, it's not like that at all. Like Francisco Alvarez has the second most home runs ever for a catcher in a single season before they turn 22 years old. He's only four behind Johnny Bench now for the record there. And yeah, no home runs since that home run in Kansas City on August 1st. That's an incredibly long time. That's nuts. But again, just it's no, no qualms with this guy. Every single thing he does is great. He even stole his first career base on Tuesday night, which is really cool. Just so happy to see him be happy.
1: Yeah, I the, the Mets are in a better place when Francisco Alvarez is swinging it well. And like you said, it's just it was also cool to just see the four baby Mets in the lineup, as you alluded to earlier, seeing Vientos, Beatty, Mauricio, uh, Alvarez in there, those guys that all came up together, played together. It felt like they really just kind of jolted a little bit of energy into the lineup and everybody kind of fed off of it. It was a fantastic game offensively.
2: Yeah, and a lot of firsts for those guys as well Tuesday night. First career triple for Mark Vientos. I mentioned the first career steal for Francisco Alvarez, and he was like kind of funny about it after. He was like, yeah, they just told me to go, and I just, I just went. They didn't even throw. And the first career RBI for Ronnie Mauricio, who just continues to look like such, this is the word for Mauricio, such an athlete in the box and in the field. He's just like... Again, like Monday night, like Jets Jets Bills, like what's he doing? Like why can't he go on the outside? Like, why can't he <laughs> go up for a jump ball? I don't I don't know if he's ever thrown a college football just coming from the Dominican Republic, but I'd love to see him do it. Also, home runs from Lindor, Pete, and two from Nimmo, and just overall one of the best offensive games for the Mets the whole season.
1: Yeah, it was really really enjoyable to watch just a beat down of the Washington Nationals. Again, while I was ripping, I had I had two more fancy drafts last night. Completely missed one of them because my cousin, shout out Teddy, he's uh, like 40, I think, is his age. And they only communicate through email. So me, didn't <laughs> check my email. Expect like a group text message. I checked my email just because we're making a trip to Chicago. The day that you guys are listening to this, we'll be in Chicago for the game. And... I checked the email to see what the bookings were and, you know, flight information. And I go, Oh my God, the, the football draft started. Let me get in there. Start at nine o'clock. I made the last pick right before keeper. So I made the last pick of the draft was taken out after that. But yeah, I mean like to talk about Quintana too. Quintana pitched Another great game. Do we, should we say it one more time for the people here? Just do it. Yeah. I mean where this team could be if we had them all year long, could have used them in, in May and June.
2: Definitely, because the length that he's just giving us on a regular basis, like the steady consistency is amazing. Tuesday night, he went seven innings, only allowed four hits, one walk, one earned run. First time completing seven innings in a Mets uniform, which was great. He only hasn't completed six innings twice. One of those was a 70 pitch out against the White Sox in his Mets debut. Another one was in Atlanta, where he went five and two thirds, just gave us some runs, so can't fault him for that, but the guy's just so freaking steady. It's incredible. He threw a lot of curveballs this time out. It was his primary pitch after kind of quitting throwing that pitch last start against the Rangers, which we we'll about how long weeks feel. That feels like it happened a long time ago. I started against the Rangers. And yeah. I had my my crazy cousins in uh in City Field. Oh, Anthony, my little cousin said something really funny in a group chat the other day that I wanted to tell you, but I forgot. I'll try to remember as we go along here. But Kentanda now, 54 innings in the Mets uniform. ERA is 3.00. But something kind of weird, which is a little ironic considering the little quip we say for him every time out, like how different things would have been if he was out there. That's a weirdly two and seven his games. <laughs> and it's, he no, keeps, it's nothing to his fault. No, of course. He keeps throwing quality starts. Him. Yeah, it's just yeah, I guess he's the, you know, that's just it. Some just lack of run support because he's pitches so well. But got a lot of run support in this one. Probably one of the Mets' best offensive games of the entire season. 17 hard hit balls, seven times this year they've done that. First time they did that since July 6th. And they did that five of those seven times between April 20th and May 28th. So Definitely had that, that hot streak for the offense. So good to see it happening again. Nemo talked about having two home runs four hard hit balls fourth time this whole year. He's done that he did that twice in a two week span in April. And then also twice in the last three weeks, but that OPS is creeping back up to 800. He's looking like he's going to get at least 25 home runs of all things, you know, go according to plan here. It's just continues to be one of the most underrated players in baseball. And Ryan Mauricio, three hard hit balls as of the end of the game on Tuesday. Over 50% of his balls in play were hit above 95 <laughs> miles an hour or the hard hit. So just continues to do crazy things. Beautiful game.
1: Yeah, Ronnie Mauricio, fun player to watch, making some good plays too in the field defensively, looking very comfortable at second base, totally feels like he fits in completely excited to see these guys up, excited to see him playing and good easy win for the Mets. Nice and easy. We got like a little stress, but I think that's just Mets fans PTSD playing in Washington around this time. So game one, great win. Moving on to game two, Jose Budo, our guy. We saw the last time we saw him pitch out in relief and he was phenomenal. He was great. I mean, he had us oogling and oggling about just like, whoa, this new Jose Budo in this like short term, maybe like little long stretch reliever role, pretty disgusting. Then we saw him start today against Washington and he looked really good as well. He
2: did. I mentioned to you guys that when you went back down to the minor leagues, for some reason the sinkers came up in a big way and they hadn't, that was not the case on Wednesday night, but Heavy fastball arsenal, over 50% of the pitches he threw, then mixed in sliders and change-ups. We saw him in relief. It was mostly fastballs and changeups, and some sliders. That was the pitch I mentioned to you guys. That was the gyro slider, which, if you remember, is a slider that falls over itself, almost mimics a curveball movement, but has slider spin. And again, like it falls over itself, just like blah, blah, blah. So it's, not, it's dropping much more in the sliding. That pitch was really good. The fastball was sat 95. That slider sat 87. The changeup was 86. Every pitch was up in velocity across the board. We definitely, again, once he hit that like 55, 60 pitch mark, you saw the velocity tail down again. But in that seventh inning that he came back out for, couldn't finish. You saw him get a couple more pitches back up into the 96 range. I, I I This is a guy, I mentioned it with McGill, too, where it kind of felt like I don't know what the future is going to hold, but he looks like someone who absolutely should be on a major league roster and pitching, if not every fifth day, like every third out of the bullpen for bulk, because he's doing a lot of good things. And something else that was a weird, this is going to be weird, I'm going to say as a positive, but like hear, hear my logic on it real quick. Jose Budo, I wouldn't even really say had great command in this start. Like, he was leaving a lot of pitches over the middle, mm. including his fastball. He was burying a lot of change-ups, low and into uh, the right-handers and outside to the lefties. And then the slider, again, sliders were kind of all over the place. He had a couple on the edge, a couple were hung. But even with him not having very good command, he was still incredibly effective. And that's a testament to the stuff. Like, that's kind of a way you can tell when guys have good stuff. The thing that really elevated Tyler Glass now, which... I'm just mentioning him because he's on the mind. He had 14 yeah. strikeouts on Wednesday in 6 innings and he's just he's just one of the most uh, dominant pitchers in baseball. He the Rays installed for him something called a universal target where his stuff was so nasty they just told him, "Hey, aim everything down the middle. We really don't care. Like stop trying to pick off corners, like stop trying to be a pitcher from the 1990s. Just you are so good. Your stuff is so alien, just throw it." And they're probably not going to hit it anyway. If they do, I don't know how much they're really going to do with it consistently. And that really changed the game for Tyler Glass. Now, I learned that from a great video from someone I mentioned on here a lot, great guy on Twitter, Lance Brozdowski. But again, I don't think that's what the plan is with Budo. It doesn't seem like that. It doesn't, didn't look like Omar Narvaez was set up in the middle. It looked like he was moving his uh, you know stuff around like, like you normally would. But just the fact that, again, the command wasn't great. A lot of stuff did wind up hung. And a lot of pitches that were probably supposed to just be in the shadow wound up being wasted. It was, still was very effective, and this is such an amazing step forward for Jose Budo.
1: A hundred percent. Like looked like you said, they, you could kind of tell when stuff was tailing off a little bit as the game goes later and later. One thing they kept mentioning too on the S and Y broadcast was how horrible his numbers were realistically in Triple A, and how if you watched, if you saw the numbers there and saw how he's pitched the last two times at the majors, you would be like, "Who who is this guy? That can't be the same guy because he's looked really, really solid. Good stuff here with Jose Budo, of course." getting the start because Carlos Carrasco landed on the IL for what seems like it's going to be the year, uh, four to six weeks. I think he sprained his finger on it's a dumbbell, a 50-pound dumbbell. Yeah,
2: I think I think they might have said it was broken. He got surgery, but not, not important.
1: Yeah, just, uh, you know, sucks for Carlos Carrasco. Wish the best for him. Hope for a quick recovery. And then just to talk about the offensive side a little bit here, not a lot in this game, and Mets end up losing this one, as you know, in a walk-off in the ninth inning. But just like watching Ronnie Mauricio play again, Brett Beatty got a nice hit too at some point in this game. But Mauricio, like you said, such an athlete, stealing bases, hitting the ball hard, constantly just putting himself in advantageous positions to make something happen, which is just so refreshing to see
2: it is and it's just you really feel like it, it's probably also just a feeling thing and we talked about this in the last episode but the fact that you get down to the eighth spot in the line are like oh yes ryan mauricio's hitting like i really like watching ryan mauricio play baseball like this guy has a lot of things that you don't really see every day and like two more hits like <laughs> 400 batting average and only a handful of games like he, they, he it's not like these balls are just like squeaking through and finding holes like it's happening sometimes yeah. but he had a rope for 112 miles an hour single in the first inning which gave you the win in estimate this week but he just again yes. he has the ability to do things on a baseball field or just in general in life that like not many other people have the physical abilities to get done and you can just see that like it's a cool thing it's a really cool thing watching him play and you talk about Bailey having a hard hit ball also made a really nice defensive play in the late innings on tuesday when the game was kind of seemingly out of reach yep. maybe some people have flipped it off went behind the bag and used what is an incredibly underrated throwing arm he again like where, where brett Bailey struggles here i think defensively has been kind of with his feet and with his hands but the arm is reliable and the things that cannon so Really nice to see him build up the confidence there. Also nice to see him hitting fifth uh, against a right-handed pitcher on Wednesday night. Two hard at balls again. Still a strikeout, but seems like he laces one or two every single night still.
0: It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution
1: 100%. And like we know that as we play like more contending teams, the lineup's going to shift around a little bit. There might be some guys playing here or there in different spots because we do have some big series coming up against teams competing for a wild card spot. Technically, we are still too totally not theoretically out of it whatsoever, especially because got to play the Reds, the uh the Diamondbacks, the Phillies and the Marlins. That's all <laughs> we have left by and the Twins technically this upcoming weekend. But if you can win, let me get crazy. If you can win, like I think there's like 19 games or 20 games left against those teams. If you win them all, if you win them all, things can be getting a little crazy around here. So something to keep an eye out for. Still need to play strong in Minnesota, though. To winning tonight would help too. It's still on the table. Ten game winning streak at any point for this Mets
2: team. Mark and I will yes. split a real pizza, and we will both become physically ill for like twenty-four to forty-eight hours. It's on the table. If the Mets so do it, sick. we'll like we'll stream it. I don't care. Like it'll be kind of funny. Like not like the bad parts of it, but Good like content. we'll eat the yeah we'll eat the pizza. We'll, <laughs> I'd like to eat the pizza. I can eat the pizza wet on a podcast, in a full kit. Like, that would just be all of our punishments in one, <laughs> in one shot. That'd be great.
1: Wow. Just just knock them all out there. Yeah, I mean, like, the game lost late, like you said. Budo came out for the seventh. Looked like he just kind of didn't really have it. Trevor Gott came in, couldn't clean it up, and then the Mets just lost in the ninth inning. Phil Bickford finally got hit uh, Hit <laughs> as a Met. So, I don't know. It's kind of it's just like what it is. Like, they lost, yeah. right? I, I don't know what else to say there. I
2: was I was hanging out with a friend today before recording, and um, she she is not aware of sports in any capacity, but she supports me like in everything I do. She's a really good friend. And I was like, oh, Mets lost late. That stinks. She was like, does it make you sad when the Mets lose? And I was like, usually yes, but right now yes. no. <laughs> like like how they lose, maybe it could still make me mad. I did mention that like the first time I've gotten really mad was uh, last week against the Rangers, that first game. We're like this, That was the first time the Mets yeah. made me feel angry in months, which I was like, ooh. I forgot what that felt like. I was a nice shiver cool. through my spine. Like, I am upset that the Mets have, Mets have blown this game. But yeah, it was like, and generally, yes, I'm sure you guys can all attest to that if you're still listening to this podcast in the dog day of summer here with football around the corner. Football, fo- happy football also, if you're listening to this on Thursday, it's football day. But yes, the Mets losing, yes, it does generally make me sad, but not today.
1: Yeah, no, not today. Not today. We got, got a lot to look forward to, including a great series up against the Minnesota Twins in the Great North. Uh, this weekend, which we'll talk about here in a second. Before we do, of course, we have to cover the estimate. Uh, I won this one. Ron and Mauricio hardest hit ball. John, of course, it's a late night newborn. He's a father now. He's got to get to bed at like 830 if he's not working. And uh, he went and texted us the estimate for this one. He, he gave us an intro too in the text, which I'm going to read. Pete is hot, and he has the longest home run in StatCast era by a Met, which he hit at Target Field back in 2019, 489 feet. So the estimate for this episode will be the longest batted ball by Pete Alonso in this series. To which I'm gonna—I got a number. I got a number. I'm gonna—you gonna write board then now? Nah, I got—I got important suffering right on my right, whiteboard. I can't really erase it right now,
2: dude. Yeah, you inspired me. I've been to do list in the whiteboard as well.
1: It's been really yeah, helpful. The last couple no, it's days. good.
2: Kind of great, yeah. But um, yeah, I got I'm, number two. Also, been trying to become more productive. Yeah, that Pete home run in Minnesota is 2019 was
1: just that was like one of the coolest things we've ever seen ever happen on a baseball field. And if I remember correctly, did he hit it off Ty brother? Did he hit it off Trevor McGill? I did you like say that out loud?
2: F- yeah, I'm gonna check it right now because I also Light? I'm gonna this is gonna be gonna look no, up this, the highlight. This is some good podcasting. I'm gonna schedule this tweet for for, for Friday morning, mm-hmm. the last time P was in Target Field. I'm sure we're gonna be the first people to tweet that. And there's no there's definitely not an inundation of people on Mets to where tweeting the last time things happened. But yeah, let's find it. This is such a good podcast. You guys love when we do good podcasts. Why can't this, they?
1: Why can't? So, oh, this is before S&Y fixed their uh, score bug to tell you who was also pitching.
2: Uh, I mean, you can't look at the guy.
1: Oh, I can't read the name. It's like not HD. What is happening? The guy's huge, which does play
2: yeah, for Trevor that plays McGill.
1: But Trevor. I also don't want to slander the McGill family.
2: No, of course not. It's a great family. Did you just call him Charlie McGill? Not call him Trevor. I'll okay. call him Charlie. <laughs> it's a late night podcast, guys. Absolutely We're getting, it's, it's wacky hours. Minnesota. Oh, Sackass will have it. I'm here. Hold on.
0: Yeah, oh. look we'll it up on Sackass. <laughs> this
2: is such a funny coincidence. You thought it was Trevor McGill. It was Matt Magill. M A G I L L. Okay. Oh my god. Wacky podcast. So close. Oh my god. He is 31st home run on a Wednesday, July 17th. Wow. Miss missed 2019 P Alonso. I just missed the 2019 baseball as stupid as it was. Wow. Was that good content?
1: I mean, some of my favorite like tweets are still like those like, uh, like clips of like a oh, guy yeah. like bunting and then it goes over the fence everybody going crazy. Or even just like the cheap home runs that did get out that year where you're like, he got sawed off. Had that go through 130 feet? This ball hit like 20
2: rows in not the second deck, but the third deck of target field, such a good podcasting, scrapping home run and yeah. hit the chair so hard. It bounced like all the way back into the field a oh, plastic <laughs> that's how hard it was hit man what's the actual exit velocity only one yeah, that's that's funny
1: you got your number by the way i do all right i right, got my number two ready yep three two one four, four eleven twelve whoa wow it's how nuts. do we keep doing this that's crazy we've got the hive mind wow that was oh, huh, that's so interesting that we were just like on the same wavelength there of the, the 411,
2: 412. That's amazing. We gotta we gotta do something with this. I don't know. Uh, I mean, you remember we played that game that one time outside of that um, outside of that club <gasps> in Greenpoint. Yes! So yeah, a little funny story. You about should Mark explain because people don't yeah, know. Yeah. No, I will. This so this is actually right when we started the podcast, like right the summer I moved back to New York after moving out of when we uh, lived together. There we were just like in line waiting to get into like a, a fun like disco club out in Greenpoint with some people and. People were playing like word games on the line like trying to make the time go by and the whole point of the game is that you have to you work with a you work with a partner and you have to get to the same word in as little tries as possible so the, some chicken line asked us "She's like all right you guys see how many tries it takes you to get to the same word and we what would we oh no see so yeah, okay so i remember what we did now it was um i think the, the two words we said i think you said mike piazza and i just said baseball I think you said baseball, and I said Italian, and whatever happened, the yeah. second thing we both said was Pete Alonso, and we were like,
1: "Oh!" Yeah. She was like, "Whoa!"
2: She's like, "You guys witches <laughs> or something?" But that was a funny one. Yeah, good times over there. Good times, a pony boy.
1: Yeah, it was. It was a fun time for sure. <sighs> All right, I hope. I hope we win this. We got. We got to use these numbers to our advantage. Although, no, we don't hope I win. We hope James wins because that means the Mets, Mets win, win the, the series. series. You guys want to yeah. see me lose? Yeah, that's the big uh, one there getting ready to preview this twin series.
2: It's kind of, I feel like it's also becoming a bit of a meme that every single time I read the um, the expected pitchers off ESPN, they're always wrong. Like Jonah, I think Don's, you
1: have to stop using
2: ESPN for these because no, now, now it's kind of funny because like also I, I totally picked that Ronnie Mauricio exit in the last estimate because I thought we were going to be facing Mackenzie Gore and Patrick Corbin, two lefties. who was going to hit right. not as much <laughs> exit velocity. Second inning, Jonah Don's on the mound, threw a meatball down the middle. And Ronnie and Mauricio <laughs> smoked at 111.5. Like, okay, that, that, that was the problem there. So maybe it's just better for you for doing the the bad um, the bad schedules because I'm I'm just having using less information. But again, as ESPN lists them, probably incorrect. Kodai Senga versus Dallas Keuchel. Wow, what an ensemble Whoa. of of relief of uh, veteran pitchers are going to face this weekend in Minnesota allegedly. Kodai Senga versus Dallas Keuchel. Also, you guys, the Kodai Senga interview dropped yesterday. When you're listening to this, go listen to that if you haven't. Him and Hero. Great times. Kodai is a very stern, serious individual, very with Japanese culture, but we got him loosened up a little bit and he had his fun as always. Shared a really hilarious story about uh, a certain manga anime that he loved and like him using it in baseball when he was younger, like in high school or middle school or something. So pretty funny. But and with that interview, we're going to be dropping a Kodai Sanga baseball giveaway probably sometime next week. So also be on the lookout for that. uh, We gave away the DJ Stewart ball. Next week's going to be Kodai Sanga. But and then Saturday, 2 10 game. Interesting start time for a game. Okay. David Peterson versus Kent Maeda. Okay. And Sunday, also 210. That'll be happy football. Tyler McGill versus old, old friend Pablo Lopez. Which,
1: if it was in City Field, would be feeling even better. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Pablo Lopez is also way better than he was mm-hmm. with the Marlins, which is kind of crazy because he was a good pitcher. But he went to Minnesota in what was probably one of the most underappreciated fleece jobs because they traded Luis Arias, who I know is hitting 350. He's a having a great year. He's, He's a having player. a good year. He's a good player. But Pablo Lopez is an awesome pitcher and yeah. just more valuable. It's just that simple. Totally. And
2: when you look at team contacts, we'll get in the soapbox this trade for a second. You saw the Minnesota Twins already had Jorge Polanco. We know they brought back Carlos Correa after some fanfare. They had Royce <laughs> Lewis, who, wow, is Royce Lewis, a freaking ball player. Really they also good. had Edward Julian in the minor leagues, who's also profiles like a first base, second base, third base type, similar to Arias, who probably this is going to piss people off. Yeah. It's probably... Edward Julian, probably within another season or two, is probably more valuable oh. than Luis Arias. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets on base just as much and has more power. What do you want me to say? And you could just pick up a guy like Kyle Farmer off the scrap heap for free always, and he's a guy who could do half, like a third of what Luis Arias does. But this Twins team is playing some great baseball right now. They're kind of hitting their stride much later than most Twins teams hit their strides. Ever. Yeah, so this is like, all, they've also like been lucky. Like Sometimes baseball is in quirks that just work out them playing the Texas Rangers seven times in their last 12 games as the Texas Rangers are playing their worst baseball of the season. Also, quick minor league report. Everyone should listen to the future of Flushing always. But Yeah, definitely. Luis Angelicuna hit two home runs for Binghamton Wednesday night on the same night that Max Scherzer got blown up by the Astros in Texas. So that's something that happened, just two things that happened the same day. But yeah, so the the Twins kind of used those two series against the Rangers to springboard a nice hot streak because it was also – segmented by two series with the guardians which said there's they just recently won two out of three against them this week and they're really hitting the ball right now they're really hitting the ball edward julian coming back up the top of the order is huge jorge polanco and royce lewis spent most of the, each of their seasons on the il and each of them have come back to massive power surges royce lewis just as a quick aside has three grand slams in i'm gonna get how many games he's played this year right now against I think his first 12 grass. home runs yeah, he has he has 12 home runs, 11 home runs on this season in general. Three of those are grand slams in only uh, 45 games, 100 play appearances, which is. A st- this
1: episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Stupid ratio. Ooh, I got a fact for you. Mm. Can you guess the other player who has done that that's in Major League Baseball right now? I think there's only one other player. He's currently playing Oh, in the league right
2: now, I know there's that funny stat yeah. that like Paul O'Neill had 12 grand slams, something his entire career, or six grand slams entire career, and they all happened in one season, which is really funny. Oh, I didn't know that. Codified tweets that went out like every three months just keep on a lookout for because they recycle a lot of content. But I'm um, still a good Twitter account in Major League Baseball now. Is it the weird I'll guy give you the team.
1: It... I'll give you the team. Okay, Dodgers, Chris Taylor. I was Chris oh, Taylor.
2: Taylor. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew, I knew it was something weird like that. Some reason my mind went to Altuvix. He's just hits a home run every at bat now as well. But in 45 games this season, Royce Lewis has 39 RBIs. Which, if you if you put that over a whole season, you'd be you'd be making Hack Wilson sweat for his all time record with a <laughs> 320, 375, 40 triple slash and 150 wRC plus for a guy who was a top draft pick, saw his prospect status fade probably just because he was so raw and just more of an athlete than a baseball player two torn ACLs and back-to-back years when he was actually starting to play well. And then to come back in the middle of a pennant race and hit third on a team that's going to win their division. You got, I mean, you guys give it up to the guy for And we talked about like JP Crawford last episode, how sometimes that top prospects out of this top, top draft pick can kind of weigh on guys. It's, it's not happening. To Royce Lewis right now. And he is doing everything and more for his Minnesota twins team.
1: Yeah, they've got uh, Joey Gallo still, Max Kepler. Matt Walner's a fun player who hits the ball really, really hard, has some power. Jorge Polanco's on fire. Ryan Jeffers hits baseball so hard. shockingly hard. For those of you who don't know, he should be playing catcher every single day for that team. Christian Vasquez should be banished, banished to the to the minor leagues or just not on the major league roster. Should be Ryan Jeffers every single day. He's a beast. It's a very good team. Very good team. Uh, they are the twins, though, and Rocco Baldelli is their manager, so it's very beatable, for sure. He'll do something that'll make you scratch your head. But they are playing really good baseball, like you said, and I think it might be a little bit of a slugfest this series.
2: Yeah, I think it definitely could be. And also, I want to shout out Max Kepler, because he's a guy who I think felt by the wayside, because he had such, such, such a bad like first couple weeks of the season. It was really rough, but since the beginning of May, just just since May 1st, we could we could even be tricky and take a couple extra days, because he was hitting well at the end of April. He's got 18 home runs and a 120 WRC plus. So the guy who just is a very steady player that team has for no money whatsoever. And he's good. And something else that this twins team has, they've won the most fun bullpens in the whole league. And it's headlined by Joan Duran, who I think has probably the best stuff of any reliever in baseball. This sp- you guys are going to get to see the splinker up close, which is basically a pitch yeah. that he invented, which is a splitter and a sinker at the same time. So it drops like a splitter, but it throws hundred miles an hour. It's kind of ridiculous. They also have Griffin Jacks back there, converted starter, who didn't really do that well as a starter, but has gone to the bullpen and looks incredible every single time he comes in. Lots of lots of fun players. This twins team is always so on the precipice of like, oh, they're good. But then it's always like something is not good. They just do. It's weird. They're weird team, but they definitely do a lot of things correctly.
1: Last player I'm shouting out here. Fun name, Cody Funderburk.
2: Funderburk. Yeah. It's a good one. That's a cool one. And some fun players in the IL. Alex Kirilov was finally getting his legs under him after years and years of not fulfilling potential and getting hurt. Byron Buxton's having a really weird season and kind of called out the Twins for saying that's hard for him to be engaged in the game when he's not playing center field. Yeah. But also every time he plays center field, he breaks a bone. So it's kind of, it's a, you know, it's a Sophie's choice for the organization there. But this team is, this team is so them. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. They're just, they are the Twins. That's what they always are.
1: It's a lineup that when they get hot, they can run through you. But if, They get cold, which they're very susceptible to do. They don't, they can't beat anybody. They're like so hot and cold. This team extremely streaky, currently hot. Andrew Stevenson's still on this roster. We hate him. He's going to do something big. I know it if he's still there, but otherwise I think that's pretty much it for this one. Short episode, short series, got a big one in Minnesota coming up. James got anything else to say, or is it time to wrap this one up?
2: I mean, nothing else can be a fun weekend for the Mets in Minnesota. They're a fun team and also just happy football to all those that observe.
1: Yes. Go commanders. Big game against the Cardinals coming up here. I'm sure we're going to be talking about a big W over uh, Josh Dobbs, right? Josh Dobbs, I think, is the Cardinals I think, quarterback I think right now. he's probably
2: going to start over, over Clayton. Sing my tune.
1: Oof, that's a bad team. Can't lose to them. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Make sure you're following us on all our social media, at up on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Subscribe to the New York Mets YouTube channel if you want to see the video version of this. And if you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Odyssey. Drop us a rating. Drop us a review. Download and subscribe. Follow James on Twitter at james underscore shiano and me giraffe neck mark with a c thank you guys for watching and listening and we'll catch you next time
2: peace peace out see you guys next time
0: hey rob bradford here you guys know i'm always up for a good mvp story and one of the best